Well, howdy, y'all. It's so great to, to see you. A lot of new faces, which is always exciting. So please uh, fill out that connection card if you would like someone to connect with you. If you don't want to be connected, then don't, don't fill it out, and that's okay. Uh, we're, we're totally fine, you know. We're not going to push you to do it, but uh, we will give you a gift if you do. So there you go. Uh, this week is going to be a, a really exciting week. I, I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. We had a, an elders advance where the elders went away uh, Sunday, and uh, we gossiped a lot about all the goings-on in the church. And so if you wondered if we talked about you, we did. Uh, no, um, it was just great because there's a lot of things, you know, uh, we say, okay, what do we want to hold on to from the past? What do we want to become in the future? Uh, what's going to be like uh, our focus and, and where are we going? Where have we been and how do we get there? Uh, which is, you know, 24 hours that we had together. We figured it all out. So we got, no, uh, it was a good jumping point, a launching point for us to continue those conversations uh, in the future. It was really great. Uh, so uh, just, I love that, which, you know, which brings us into the question that, that somebody asked, uh, which is how do we, how do we as a church, how do we choose elders? And let me assure you that we choose elders uh, capriciously and arbitrarily. Um, this Sunday, it might be you, so... No, okay, maybe, maybe that's not how we choose them. Uh, really, the, the question that we have uh, is, is who is in the driver's seat of this church? Who is in the driver's seat of this church? And in order to answer that question, we have to take a turn down memory lane and discuss a little bit of church history. We're talking capital C, right? Big church history, like that Jesus instituted, right, 2,000 years ago. The big church, okay? And if you didn't know this, this church, Redwood Christian Church, has no governing body over us. We have no denominational headquarters. Uh, we have no group which decides what we believe or do not believe. We have no pope. We have no leadership outside of this church other than the leadership of Jesus Christ. So the entire purpose of uh, this movement, the restoration movement, is to restore the church to what Jesus originally intended it to be by using scripture, mostly like the book of Acts and several of the epistles, to build a New Testament uh, church construct. Right, what did Jesus uh, want the church to be? How did the early church uh, do church? How did they do it? And uh, that's what we are passionate about duplicating. We're trying to get back to basics, right? back to the, the, the basic construct. Uh, this, is, this is what we're trying to, to overcome. Uh, we don't want the culture to tell us what we should be. We want to tell the culture how God desires the church to be. Now, obviously, I don't dress like people dressed in the New Testament church. Uh, you know, I'm not up here in, in a robe and a tunic. You know, I don't have six layers of clothes on. I, I don't have my shawl on, right? I'm not like, you know, a typical rabbi from 2,000 years ago, and I'm thankful for that because I would be sweating so much. Uh, but but we, we as a church, it's, it's hard because, honestly, we, we don't care about what church history decided. We care about what Jesus said, what the Bible says. So if church history says, well, you have to have a bishop and you have to have this group of deacons and you have to have these things and, and if you pay us extra money, you can get your family out of uh, purgatory and, and all of these belief systems, we don't, we say, okay, well, what does the Bible say? 
What did the early church do? What did the early church care about? And that's what we're going to care about. And so that includes church leadership. We want to we lead the church as the Bible tells us to. And so uh, the way that the church decided its elders is how we decide our elders. Uh, and we just, we're, we're trying to get back there. We're trying to get to the point where uh, a lot of the uh, golden calves that we've created in church systems, we're trying to slaughter all of those and just get back to church basics, right? That's who we are. We have one ruler, one Lord, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So knowing that, our desire as a church from the restoration movement is to, in all things, submit to the leadership of Jesus, including uh, the church leadership structure and functionality. So in all things, submit to the leadership of Jesus. What would Jesus tell us to do? Uh, and that's what we're going to do. And that's pretty plain and simple uh, most of the time. Uh, so, so just based on what do we find in the Bible, the Word of God, we find uh, that the only leaders that they had in the church, they referred to them as, as elders or overseers. Overseer is a, is a good word, right? Because it means those who um, oversee things, right? They, they, they're the ones that they, they look over the things. They oversee them. Uh, so that's a good word. Uh, and yes, there were prophets and teachers and preachers and pastors, but, but each church in each region had a group of men leading and overseeing the church known as elders. Thus, we have elders in our church. That's how they did it 2,000 years ago. That's how we're going to do it today, right? Uh, I feel like I'm running for office or something, you know? <laughs> Now let's go vote. Come on, you know. So actually, I'm, I'm going to call the elders up at this time. So um, yeah, if you wouldn't mind coming up, just you don't have to sprint up here. I know some of you guys, it's a little hard. Don't sprint uh, as well as we used to. Ed's a little stubborn, so let me help you up the stairs. Look at you. Uh, and Oli is, is, yeah, you can come up too. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't know this, uh, you know, we had Oli is, uh, he's, he had stepped down from formal eldership, but in January, we're praying that uh, the restoration process of having him become an elder again, uh, we're working on that. So uh, this is uh, Randy and, and Jeff and uh, Ed, and you guys are all on my right side, I feel like. Where's the rest of our team? Okay, Ed and Ben and Jeff and Randy and Oli. So if you didn't know them, these are our elders. So say hi, elders. Okay. So what this means is that even though I'm the only paid pastor on staff currently, uh, these are, this is our leadership team. Uh, we are elders. We all teach things, right? We all teach things. Uh, we're pastors of our flock, and we're all, we are all capable of doing what I do. Uh, it's just that I'm the one who's paid to, to be the voice. Uh, but my vote in anything that we do is equal to all of, of these men up here. All of them put together, them put together <laughs> equal one. That's right. It's just like at home, right? I have a vote. My wife has a vote. Uh, and the kids have a vote. But my wife gets to decide what the kids' vote is, so she gets three votes. No, no. So we are all, we're all equals. We all have an equal vote, um, which, is, which is good. Um, because if, if something should happen and the elders had to decide whether or not I should continue to be the preaching pastor, 
I wouldn't be invited to that meeting. And so these men would then decide, okay, who should our leadership continue to be? So in some ways, these men have more uh, leadership and power than I have, which is, I think is great. Um, this, is, this, is, this is the point that I wanted to get to. These elders, they are our pastors. We have six pastors. Amen. So when someone says, hey, I'd like you to introduce me to the pastor, our response should be, okay, which one, right? <laughs> and I know, I know that I get to be the voice and I get to be the guy that gets up here and, you know, wears the clothes that my wife tells me to wear, uh, you know, but this is, you know, we have Pastor Randy and Pastor Jeff and Pastor Ben and Pastor Ed, Pastor Oli and Pastor Brian. Uh, and I am truly blessed to have been invited into this eldership. You guys are great men. You are leading the church so well. I'm so proud of you. I love you guys so much. So I wanted, if you didn't know, now you know, right? So this is your mental image. Okay, uh, you guys can go have a seat, you know. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming up here, for being part of my sermon illustration. But some of you may be asking, right, how do we choose, right, because these are, these are, you know, six men. How did we, how did we choose these men, right? Did we draw straws and they had the shortest ones? Is that the way that we did it? Because we have some truly amazing men in our congregation who aren't elders. And some of you might be questioning, okay, why, why are these amazing men? Why aren't they elders too? Uh, so we're going to look at scripture and understand how that we choose our eldership. And if you had the bulletin, I have the, the verses in there. Uh, we're also going to put the really long ones. We're not going to put the entire verse up there. We'll just put the, the passage and where it is. So we got 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and Titus 1, verses 5 through 9. Uh, I'm just going to read them as this is straight, uh, straight from the Bible, okay? The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. And then from Titus 1, uh, this is why I left you in Crete, so that, may you, uh, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as it is taught so that he may be able to give instructions in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, so these lists uh, that we just read off, they're not exhaustive, meaning that they aren't the entirety of what it means to be an elder, nor are they virtually exclusive, right? These are the guidelines for how we choose 
our elders. So when we combine these, these two lists of qualifications, this is what we come up with. Uh, a man who is above reproach, meaning uh, no one questions their moral character. Husband of one wife, sober-minded, um, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunk, gentle, not violent or prone to arguments, not a lover of money, manager of his own household, keeps his children in line, not a recent convert, well thought of by outsiders, not arrogant, not quick-tempered, not greedy, loves what is good, upright, meaning not dead, I guess, uh, standing, uh, <laughs> holy and disciplined, <laughs> holding firm to sound uh, doctrine. Okay, um, now raise your hand if all these things describe you. Okay, no hands went up. Okay. Um, I was really hoping because, you know, we're always looking for more elders, uh, so that would, that's the qualifications. Uh, and if that, uh, if that describes you to a T, um, man, you are holy and disciplined, knowing and holding firm to the Word of God, able to teach it, not prone to be argumentative. You know, you have perfect kids and a wife, for that matter, perfect kids and a wife. You're thought of well by outsiders outside of the church, you know. If that describes you, we need you on the leadership team ASAP, right? You should be up here teaching us. Uh, but if that doesn't describe you, and you want those characteristics to be things that do describe you, uh, just know that this is what we are all pressing towards. This is, this is the end goal of every single person in this church. This is what we're trying to be. Obviously, if you're a woman, you're not trying to be a husband of one wife, so that doesn't describe you. Uh, but all the other ones, right, maybe a wife of one husband, and I also have to clarify that, that I think sometimes people say, well, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been divorced and I've made some bad decisions in my past, and so I can't be an elder because I can't be a husband of one wife. Uh, what this is really trying to get to is that you, the, the, the person that you are married to, you're wholly devoted to that person. You don't have a history, uh, a recent history of, of running around, right, being with many women. You're a husband of one wife. You're a devoted man. You're devoted to your wife. You're devoted to your kids. Uh, we're not going to judge you as a church for things that happened in the past. We just want to help you to grow closer to Jesus uh, in the future. We recognize that we're all on a journey to becoming more like Jesus in order to bring more people to Jesus. Uh, we want to help everyone become submitted to Jesus, become one of his students. And we want to help you follow Jesus so closely that you become uh, the men described here in these passages. So many people uh, inside the churches see role, uh, the role of an elder as one of power. They might seek to become one just for the ability to rule over others. Maybe so we can get these chairs out of here and bring the pews back, you know. <laughs> Maybe we can get the words off the screen and get the hymnals back in here, right? That's what we want, the power to decide what happens because we want to change the church to what we want the church to be and this, this is my suggestion for anyone that thinks that this might be a power uh, seat. Uh, it's, I would suggest you know your scripture pretty well before you would attempt to become a teacher or an elder in a church. So this is from James chapter 3. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that uh, those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So my question is, anyone that thinks that they want to become an elder or a teacher, are you ready to be judged more strictly? Are you ready to be scrutinized to a greater extent? 
And that is the question that every single one of us has to ask before we say, hey, I want to be an elder. I want to be a teacher. We have to start there. It says not many of you should become teachers. Well, what, if, that's, if that's the office, right, that we're trying to attain, we're all trying to become that, why does he, why does he tell us that? Well, he's, he's warning you. The, seat, the, the power of a teacher is not in the, the authority, but you're preaching the word of God which needs to be taught with great reverence. You need to understand it. You need to live it out. And if you aren't, then you should really be concerned about whether or not you should be teaching it. Are you ready to incur stricter judgment? Becoming an elder, a teacher, the word of God is not a decision that should be made lightly and it should never be made about power. And yes, the elders, they are the governing authorities instituted in scripture to teach and protect our churches. Uh, but anyone who desires the power that comes from being an elder is not eldership material. Let me say that again. Uh, anyone who desires the power that comes from being an elder is not eldership material, at least not at that time. So this is from Mark chapter 10. It says, And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I made, I made it bigger and bolder. It shall not be so among you. Shall not be so among you. Jesus, the Lord of the universe, came to earth not to be served, but to serve. So the baseline for any eldership or any leadership in the church is not desiring power, but desiring to serve. An elder must be selfless, not seeking personal gain, but laying down their life uh, for their church as Jesus did. And those who shepherd the church are a gift to us. This is beautiful. This is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Uh, not everyone is called to be an elder or a teacher. Right? Can we, do you all believe that? Not everyone in this church is called to be an elder or a teacher, but each one is called to something. Uh, we all are important to the kingdom of God, and Paul teaches us this, the importance by comparing us to a physical body, saying in uh, 1 Corinthians, this is verses 12, uh, in, or sorry, uh, chapter 12, verses 20 and 29, there's a lot of stuff in there, he fleshes this out, no pun intended, she so says, as it is, there are many parts, yet one body, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles? No, Right? That's, I mean, that's, I mean, of course not. Like, that's the answer. Like, if we all did all of those things, you know, it would, it would be boring, right? If, if everyone had every gift that was given, uh, we would all be constantly struggling with who was better and, and who could do this and who could do that and who's more important. Well, I can do this better. Uh, but what Paul is trying to teach us is that we are all the body. We are all the body. Every single person in this room, even those who are here for the first time, you are the, the new eyes and the new ears that we get to see and hear things from a different perspective and understand them. And even though uh, you may be thinking, wow, 
I don't know if I could ever be like that guy talking up on stage. He's so handsome, <laughs> which is true, oh and humble. <laughs> but, th that, yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah, thank you for laughing at that, because... Now I'm sad. Uh, no, um, <laughs> I, I hope you all understand that, that we need you. We need, we need you to be a part of our body. We want you to be a part of our body. We want whatever it is that, that you bring to the table. We want to help you find that out. We want to encourage it. We want to, the Bible says, edify, which means uh, to, to build it up, to, to help you, whatever it is, that gift that you have. Uh, we're going to help you find that. And we're going to help you use that because your role uh, in this church is important. We need, we need everyone's help to be the church that Jesus wanted us to be. We all have a role to play because we're all a part of the body. And yes, the elders are the head of the body, but how much good is the head without a heart? How much good is the head without lungs or arms or feet or legs or hands or torso or fingers your eyes or mouth or your nose. Sometimes it seems like everybody wants to be the head. Everybody wants to make the decisions. Everybody wants to be the teacher, the leader. But I promise you, it's not glorious. Because we as elders, we are protectors. We are protectors of the gospel and of you. We are called to preserve right teaching and sound doctrine, which means that we have to have right teaching and sound doctrine. And there are a lot of false teachers out there who seem like they are trying uh, to teach you something good when in reality it's evil. And it's our job as, as, as elders, as protectors, to protect those who are the serpents, the lions seeking to devour our flock. And it's our job to make sure that you are all protected from that. This is from 2 Peter 2. <laughs> he says, uh, but false prophets arose from among the people. Just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. This is why it's imperative for us elders to be unified. And to vet out those who do not believe what we believe. But it, it's a hard line to draw between people who disagree with us on all things and people who are false teachers. And we want you to know how intently we are, we are attempting to protect this church. For the elders, right, the buck stops here. We are the ones who stand in the gap between our people and heresy. We equip ourselves and edify each other in order to put on the armor of God to defend our church against false doctrines and empty words. And there are going to be times when we will disagree where we draw that line. And it will be difficult, and we will pray, and we will become unified. And we want you to know that it's okay for sometimes for you to struggle with where the elders have drawn that line, and we would love to hear from you. 
but this is what you need to understand. Uh, when you come and you express your, your need or, or your difference of opinion to the elders, and they hear you, we hear you, we listen to you, if at the end we still disagree, we all leave that room still under the elders' leadership and encouraging others to be so as well. Now, if there's something that is so egregiously like, different from what your belief system is, and the eldership, we would just ask you to leave quietly. If you cannot follow the elders' leadership, which I understand there will come a time for some of you when that will happen, we ask you not to try to divide the church, not to try to bring other people with you as you leave the church, not to leave in an ugly way, but to simply say, you know what, I found out that this church wasn't for me. And we want you to know that that's not what we desire as elders, but we also understand that if that's your decision, that's your decision. And we love you and we will encourage you and we will send you on your way. But when you're here and you choose to submit to the elders, you also need to know that you know, we aren't perfect, but we're trying to, to model the church after what Jesus said. Because this is the way that Jesus asked us to operate in the church, is under the elders' leadership. So how do we choose them? Well, it's not as simple as this, but this is, this is the basic concept. The elders, they are steadfastly moving closer towards a relationship with Jesus by submitting to Jesus, being students of Jesus, and serving for Jesus. Submitting to Jesus, being students of Jesus, and serving for Jesus. And then we look around as elders and see who's running alongside of us. Who is doing these things? Who is submitted to Jesus, a student of Jesus, and serving for Jesus? The exciting part is, is we're not just looking for people that maybe are as far along in their biblical understanding as we are, but just people who are like-minded in submitting to Jesus. And we say, hey, we want to bring you into eldership. We would love to train you in the ways of being an elder. Would you follow us? Would you allow us to, uh, the word is disciple, right? But would you allow us to teach you? Would you allow us to be, uh, help you to be a student of Jesus? We are always looking and praying for the next group of leaders, and we're seeking to raise you up because uh, we know that it is important that other people know how to do what we do. So this is uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, I urge you then be imitators of me. So as we follow Christ and you follow us, right, you be imitators, imitators of us. Uh, we are not concerned with your career, your power, your influence, or your financial status. We are solely concerned about your character and your willingness to submit to Jesus. We're not concerned with your history. We're concerned with your future. That is how we choose elders by seeing those who have chosen to submit to Jesus in all things. I'm going to call the, the worship team back up at this time. And I, I am really, really, really excited. I'm going to use the word elated because uh, that's how excited I am that we're getting back to our roots as a church. And that the elders of this church, I assure you, these are some of the most humble, selfless, and driven men that I have ever met in my life. These men that I have the pleasure to pastor alongside allow the Holy Spirit to drive the church. 
making every decision out of reverence for Jesus and love for you all. And if you don't trust these men yet, it's simply because you don't know them yet. But we'd love to change that. Every single one of us is accessible and desiring of getting to know you. So thank you for being a part of this amazing church. If you would like to become an elder, please do not hesitate to chat with us and we can have that discussion as far as what are the next steps that you need to take in serving this church, submitting to Jesus, and becoming a student of Jesus. Let's pray. So Father, we're thankful. We're thankful for the men that you have brought into this church that they're serving you so well, so humbly and so selflessly. And God, I, I, I'm just excited to see what you're going to do next. God, I think about uh, the people of Israel and they begged for a king and you said, no, 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 I want to be your king. And I'm just really excited that uh, these men have said, yes, Jesus, you are my king. So God, help us all to be in preparation for what happens next. God, help us all to become servants of you and love people more and respect our elders and submit to their leadership. And all God's people said, amen. amen.